Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! So I Married a Movie Geek is back, folks, and this time with a double feature! Double feature, double feature! We saw Devil and The Last Exorcism. And by we, I mean me, Chrissy McQueen, and Justin Winters. Say hello to the nice people. Hello, guys. (laughs) Uh, For this double feature, we actually went to the drive-in theater. I don't know, uh, for those of you who are listening, if you've been to the drive-in in the past, I was going to say five, ten years, but really past 20 years. But it is an experience, yo. An experience. A great experience. What did you like about the drive-in? I I love everything about drive-ins. Specifically? Um, just, you know, drive up, sit in your car, BYOB, um, you know, snuggle with your gal. Whee! There was no playground there, so I couldn't sing Grease songs or anything. <laughs> no, but, we did. We, we, when we walked to the bathroom, we sang uh, Stranded at the Drive-In in the parking lot. But it's cheap. You know, it's something different from the regular movie theater. You know what I like about them now as opposed to back in the day? Remember back in the day, guys, you had to put those speakers in your car? Now you don't have to do that. Now you can just tune in on your FM radio and pick up the um, audio feed of whatever movie you're seeing. Yes, which makes it really fun because they had four screens there Mm -hmm. on the lot. So you chose which movies you wanted to go see. But you could, hypothetically, you could sit in the middle of where the four screens are and you could watch, just turn your FM station back and forth. I thought about doing that because secretly I kind of wanted to watch The Town again, which we'd already seen. And I was like, oh, we should turn on The Town. But uh, not the point. The point is we saw Devil and The Last Exorcism. Those were two perfect movies for the drive-in. I concur because you can feel up your girl as she gets scared and is like, oh, no. And you can be like, oh, yes. Okay. If that's how you like it, sure. Well, that's how it goes in scary movies. Uh, But the first movie that we saw, Devil, uh, was uh, based on a story by M. Night Shyamalan. And you know when he's involved, it's never so much about, like, gore or horror as much as it is supposed to be psychological. Yes. Or supernatural. Well, lately it's just been bad. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to... Psychological, bad. Because, um, yeah, his last couple films just haven't... uh, Worked. Did you see much. the last Airbender? I did not see the last Airbender. The last uh, M Night movie I saw was The Happening, um, <laughs> which I went to see it by myself. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen The Happening with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Zoe Deschanel, but it is not a thriller. It it's is not a, happening. It is a comedy of errors, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was. I was like laughing in my seat. I was by myself. I and then I got out of the movie and I really wanted to talk about it with somebody, but. You didn't go see it with me. No, but I did see it with you uh, on Netflix. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, and I love John Leguizamo. Like, he can pretty much do no wrong in my eyes. I adore him. But I saw this, and it was just terrible. The acting was terrible. The story was terrible. The plot twists were terrible. It was just the script. The script was terrible. That's where it all boils down to. I I agree with you. Um, 
and, and the execution with the whole, you know, let's run away from the wind. Look, the wind's coming. The wind's coming. Run faster than the wind. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> um, but, I mean, in terms of M. Night's movies, you know, I've liked a, a couple of them. But, the yeah, the last couple just have not worked. So I was hopeful that he was just producing this. It was kind of his story. And then he, you know, handed it over and maybe it would work better. Yeah, it was kind of so-so. Yeah, uh, I would give it a B, and a B in that, the B movie range. I that's that's generous, but well, it w- within the genre. I'm not if we were comparing it to movies that I genuinely enjoy, I would not be giving it a B. But for giving it for its genre and for its B movie caliber, I give it a B within the B movie caliber. So for the people who just avoid devil movies in general, what was Devil about? Okay, uh, well, we have decided, just so you guys know, we are going to save spoilers for the very end of this podcast, so don't feel like you need to turn us off. Don't turn us off, because uh, we're going to try to vi- our very best to not spoil things for you until the very, very end, in which case you can turn us off. That being said, devil. Uh, a short synopsis would be that it's about a uh, group of people who end up stuck in an elevator, and strange things keep happening, uh, including violence and possibly death, but you're kind of left to wonder who's the who done it, and you don't know if it's a question of who is the who done it or what is the who done it. Okay. Well, the short explanation is a bunch of people are stuck in an elevator, and one of them happens to be the devil. Well, I wasn't going to give it away, but yes, one of them happens to be the devil. <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't going to give away the plot for a devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Guys, spoiler alert, <laughs> since the name of the movie is Devil, there's a good chance there's probably something about the devil in it. Something about the devil, not necessarily that the devil was in the elevator with them, Justin. Well, I, I'm, let's, I mean, come on. <laughs> what? Oh, Justin. Okay, I'm sorry I didn't, sp- <laughs> what did people think it was about? The devil acting upon the people, perhaps, maybe... Just acting upon them as opposed to being in the elevator. Well, I mean, this is in the you find this in the first ten minutes. I mean, you do. If you if you watch the trailer, you know what it's about. They tell you what it's about in the trailer. So I didn't watch the trailer before I saw this. Okay, it's it's yeah, it's called Devil. There's a devil in it. Congratulations. (laughs) I hope I didn't spoil it for you. Um, I would say uh, save it for DVD. Do you know what I have to say though? Um, because I'm sure there is a significant portion of the United States population that won't want to see this movie because they'll view it as either blasphemous or sacrilegious, which I understand. I have to say that I feel like it treated it rather fairly, the whole pendulum between God and the devil and uh, how we as humans, our characters, you know, kind of stray from sin to being good and back and forth throughout the movie. Like, it wasn't all like, the devil is with us and the devil is everyone, so, you know... Forget about being moral, and it wasn't all sanctimonious either. Okay, I guess I agree with that. I, I it's it's pretty much a Twilight Zone movie or a Twilight Zone episodes that that's been stretched with all of its might to feature length. Yes, but not like Twilight Zone from the '60s with Rod Sterling. Like Twilight Zone from back when it was like in 1988, and they decided to bring it back for some reason. No, I mean Rod Sterling. They had some pretty freaky plots going on in Rod Sterling's Twilight Zones. There's not the gore. Oh no, I, I actually there's barely little gore in this movie. I so. meant that as a compliment to Rod Sterling and as an insult to the '80s and '90s episodes of the Twilight Zone. Okay, I wasn't comparing them directly, but it's got a you know a Twilight Zone spin on the story. 
the best thing about it is the story. Uh, you, you hear, like I said, you're in an elevator. One of you might be the devil. Dun, dun, dun. I want to I want to see that movie. That's why I wanted to see this. Unfortunately, the way they carry it out, the execution of it, is not as good as the idea. True. Just in my honest opinion. This is one of those movies, you guys, that you would see and, well, let me rephrase that. I was going to say, and you'd want to read the book. But really, it's once if you're still interested in it by the end, <laughs> then okay. you'd want to read the book. Okay. What did you like about it? Huh. Well, like I was saying, I enjoyed the fact that it walked a fine line between... You know, God, devil, God, devil, good, bad, people. I, I really enjoy that getting into the characters of people and our human flaws and whether we're good, whether we're bad, or, or what we really are when you get to the nitty gritty. I've done a lot of musicals about things like this, like Jekyll and Hyde, so I get this. You read that into this movie? You're yeah. reading really deep into a fairly crappy movie. Well, that's why I liked about it. That you... <laughs> I was able to... You were looking too deep into a shallow movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. I have really long nails, you guys, and I scratched my nail damn really far into this, and I just got up the gunk. Okay. Well, what else did you like about it? Other than the gunk? Yeah. Hmm. They had a really cool image of what would be the devil on the on the camera. Basically, there are these two security guards who are watching these people being trapped in an elevator, and one of them is obviously quite religious, and he's like, oh, no, miren, donde es? And you're like, what? That's not English. And then he's like, I see the devil. And you see the devil inside the elevator, but in some sort of mythological, like, hey, I saw Jesus in toast sort of way. Does that make any sense? I'm just still trying to get what you liked about it. I, I like that. I, I thought that was fun. You like that one image <laughs> of the devil on the camera. <laughs> And they compared it to Jesus and the toast. Okay. So just inferring from the things that you like about it, <laughs> I you just assume that you, there's a lot of stuff you don't like about it because you really haven't said anything well, meaty, wanna... meaty about things that you like about this it. This is true. And, and the reason why, to be honest, is because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. That being said... <laughs> You're not spoiling anything. We're asking about your opinion. Right. But I'm afraid if I start getting into the nitty gritty of what I really liked or really didn't like, I'll give away plot points. Oh, okay. Well, I like the opening credit scene. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, usually those are sucky, but that was... It was kind of interesting. Um, other than that, the a couple of the actors were interesting. Other The others were kind of bland. Um, who, who was interesting and who was bland to you? Um, the guy that... The guy that got off first it was actually my favorite. And I was like, oh, I actually like that person. So why did you do that? The person who was murdered, you mean? Why did you do that? Oh, I didn't want to ruin it. You mean the guy who jumped from the building in the very, very first two minutes of the film that we never even met? Because he was the most interesting person in this movie. Oh, I didn't see that guy. I didn't meet him, so I didn't know about his personality. Or That's cool. I was being His acting. Yeah, exactly. What did you think of the cop? Um, the cop? Yeah, there's a cop in this movie who also sits in with the security guards and tries to figure out who's doing what in that elevator, who's the perpetrator, or the perpetrator. Yeah, that was the big problem with this movie. I actually liked, you know, they should have kept it focused on the elevator. Because every time they went outside of the elevator with the cop, or with the, um, the, um, Hispanic security guard... The Catholic guy? Camera watcher guy, whatever yeah. he was. He was the Catholic, the voice of reason. Well, he wasn't only the voice of reason. He was the voice. He was a, a devil expert, apparently, because not only did he narrate the movie badly, like don't yeah, narration like this. No, no, it doesn't work. Hence, Catholic. But he had to explain like every single thing, and it was like over your head, beat you over the head with all the, you know, 
He basically the thinks entire, about the devil. He, he takes the entire movie to tell a story that his mama taught him. That basically um, Hispanic Catholic mothers teach their Hispanic children about how to behave and how to be moral because otherwise, you know, the devil will get you or the devil will take a hold of you and da 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 da. Yeah. I get it. Show don't tell. Yeah. Guilt, guilt, guilt. Tell, 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 tell. Where's the show? Pretty much. Like for a, for a movie like this, you think there would be some kind of action, suspense, uh, even go- well, gore. It's a horror movie. I guess it's PG thirteen, but little, not much happens. Like everything, everything that does happen in terms of um, violent acts happens in the dark. Like pretty much everything. And you know what really bothered me about that is because uh, each time somebody either gets hurt or possibly killed, they do it in like all of a sudden the elevator goes black. You would think that this would be a really good time for, you know, good old M. Night to, you know, use some visual, or I'm sorry, uh, audio effects. M. Night's just a producer again. Right, but I'm using him as the scapegoat in this because I don't know. Nonetheless, <laughs> don't there's, do that. there's nothing auditory. Like, the screen goes black and you hear, like, maybe some mumbling, but not even, like, mumbling like somebody's moving around and, like, they're getting killed or something. I'm talking mumbling like... But, but, and all of a sudden lights go on and they're like, ah! Yeah, but, I mean, as it progresses, there's no, like, build-up or anything. It's just, oh, there goes another person. Uh, I guess that happened. And then, you know, five to ten minutes later, oh, there goes another person. Yeah. This is the way this is going. Oh, wow. I'm already bored. And every time the lights go off, that's you automatically know. Like, oh, and somebody's going to get it. Who's going to be? And then while all this is happening in the elevator, you have the people outside looking in, trying to solve this mystery of who all these people are. And all, you know, all the people that know the people in the elevator. And all the people that know the people that know the people in the elevator. And you're just like, can we go back to the elevator? Backstory, 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 and more backstory. Yeah, just like, okay, the devil's in there. That's all the real, like, meaty part of the story you need. You don't have to explain everyone's, like, where everyone knows before they walk in the elevator. Where, you know, blah, blah, blah. They had to connect some kind of story fiber around, you know, the whole movie and... It was just flimsy at the end. You're like, oh, okay. Brief, a brief aside. Do you know why it made me mad? Why did it make you mad? It made me mad because it made me think of my show, which is, yes, a comedy, but it's also a murder mystery. And they tie everything together so well, and this movie didn't. And I was like, what? I mean, come on. If Candor and Eb can do it, you can do it, M. Night. Okay, so you're saying that one of the main reasons you didn't like the, the movie is because it wasn't enough about, it wasn't enough like the show, the musical that you're currently in now. No, you are... <laughs> Justin. That's what you just said. Justin. No, I'm not saying that I needed to be like my show, which, by the way, is Curtains at the Simi Valley Cultural Arts Center. You know why I didn't like this movie? Because it wasn't named Justin. It wasn't about me. <laughs> Shut up. Even if I'm the devil. Like, no, I'm saying... What is that? I'm to do with anything. Will you let me finish? Okay. I'm drawing a parallel because they're both murder mysteries and you're trying to solve the whodunit, and there's a detective in there trying to do put the pieces together. There are some parallels. Yes, totally different story, but a little... And murders keep happening as the detective tries to solve it. The detective in Curtains is pretty cool, and by the end, he puts it all together pretty well, and not everybody dies. In this version, the guy's like, well, let's figure out these people's stories first, and let's find out this, and let's find out that. Meanwhile, people are dying. The Hispanic guy is like, you don't know. He's like, when he is near, everything bad happens. Yeah. He's like, look, this is my jelly bread. And he, like, throws it on the floor. See? All bad things. That was and my favorite line when he, when he brought that. when he brought out the jelly bread the jelly bread. That was fantastic. Because it could have gone anywhere. He could have just kept on going. Wait, He's like, 
Justin, let's have a brief reenactment so people know what I'm talking about. Do you want to be the Hispanic guy or do you want me to be the Hispanic guy? I don't want to reenact it, no. Uh, no, come on, 30 seconds or less, it'll be great. I'll be the Hispanic guy. Okay, so... Well, I actually love the actor, so I was kind of disappointed that he was just the narrator guy, the op- Captain Obvious, pretty much. All right, so he's the Catholic Hispanic guy and I'm the cop. Okay. So I'm going to hypothetically have this conversation with you that isn't really happening. In that story your mom told you when you were little, how does it end? Badly. It ends badly. Well, how do I save those people? Well, you can't save them, because anytime the devil is near, El Diablo, bad things happen. Like what? Uh, planes crash. Uh, trains crash. Babies fall from the sky. Hit the pavement. Jelly bread falls. Jelly bread falls. Falls? Frost? <laughs> Look, this Netflix. I've had it for three weeks. I should have put it in the... The mail drop, but I didn't because of El Diablo. What is this about your jelly toast, though? I don't understand. Look at the screen. Look at the camera. <laughs> that looks like jelly toast. Jesus, devil bread. That's Chrissy's favorite part of the movie. <laughs> it's such an insignificant part of the movie, but it's her favorite. No, and then he drops it on the ground. Yeah. Like and, I, then, and wait, and then he drops it on the cops. Like, what does that prove? It proves absolutely nothing. That, but a lot of things are happening. Terrible. Terribly. And I am the center of it. I I kept wanting him to have like a bigger role in the story than the, the guy, the devil expert. I'm like, That's when sweet. we first meet him, like, okay, he obviously knows a lot about devils. Let's send him in, you know? <laughs> but he just sits there. But that was his whole point. With and the narrates. Jelly, his whole point with the jelly toast was that, and I kid you not, this was his actual point. I'm not making it up or trying to be funny. His actual point was that bad things happen when the devil is around. Like when you accidentally drop your piece of toast, it will land jelly side down. You know why? Because the devil's around. But what if I drop a piece of peanut butter toast (laughs) and a piece of jelly toast? If I drop them, will they congeal into one sandwich when I drop them on the floor? Yes. No, the devil is here. That never happens. (laughs) I I want to tell you, bad things started happening to me today. Like, Because you were saying it's like a domino effect. Like, I dropped a springboard on the back of my Achilles tendon. I have a huge, like, lump and bruise. And I was like, El Diablo! That's when you just walk off the floor. I am sorry, kids, but El Diablo is near. Bad things are about to happen. I'm about to drop my English muffin. (laughs) Jimmy, jump into the ball pit. (laughs) Kara, underneath the slide. Apparently, I'm teaching in 1972 where Jimmy and Carol come to my gym. Whatever your names are. Halston. There's no times for names. Diablo is near. Halston, Dylan, get over here. I mean, elevators are scary enough, uh, you know. Yeah. The fact that El Diablo might be in them. Is even worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. stay out of elevators. Are you scared of elevators? Am I not? Um, I'm only scared of elevators when they, like, take too long. Or you hear, when like... When you're the, on them, you mean? You hear, like, the motors grinding and it it pulling you up. So, are you claustrophobic at all? I mean, if I'm, like, in an elevator that's, like, half the size of a normal elevator, like a midget elevator or something, no. <gasps> or if there's, like too many people in the elevator or if i'm in the elevator and love in the elevator by aerosmith comes on i'm like what do i do now this is like this is the perfect time oh my gosh you know that email that's been circulating for like 20 years not really it's 10 years but it says like fun things to do in an elevator just to make sure that people get weirded out because you're supposed to be crazy you know it's like whistle a song talk to no one things like that no i haven't gotten this list really i don't have to send it to you no i get the list like oh look at all these 
puppies doing funny things. Ha ha ha. No, this is what Sunshine, sunshine it was like, smiles. It was like funny things to do in an elevator. And, and it's things like, seriously, like talk to nobody, you know. Whiskey. That's what that's what I do. That's hilarious. Talk to nobody. Well, it may make people think you're crazy. I think that Hit we all the should, buttons. We, yeah, we should add one to that list and be like, Yo soy el diablo. You whisper that to somebody in the elevator. Yes. And then you drop some jelly toast on the ground. I know. And if they've seen Devil, they know what's going on. They will freak out. If they've seen Devil, they will freak out. I'm telling you. They oh, no. The lights are about to go off. <laughs> and then you won't even hear from me die. We'll just The lights will come back on and I'll be dead. Yep. And there'll be jelly bread near me. I know. The jelly bread killer. We don't even need to give spoilers, you guys. Like, that's the movie, basically. If you want to go see it now, you probably should. No, due to the fact that both these movies are kind of eh, movies with one horrible ending and one <laughs> really horrible ending. We'll, we'll talk about the endings later, but let's move yeah. on to the next movie. Out of curiosity, which it, one do you think had the really horrible ending? Which one had the really horrible ending? Uh, we're doing that in the order we're going. Got it. Okay. So the next movie Drive is... Drive-In Double Feature was Last Exorcism? Yes. yes. I almost called it The Last Antichrist for some reason, but that's not correct at all. Oh, that's a whole different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, no. This was The Last Exorcism. Yes. I enjoy exorcism movies in general because they're crazy, and I get off on crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it started off well or good enough. Well, first of all, The Last Exorcism, no one's heard about it or seen about it. It's basically, uh, if you take The Exorcist and you put it in the backwoods of New Orleans and you, met, you film it in the way of a documentary is filmed, they call them mockumentaries. Yes. Um, that's, that's The Last Exorcism. A.K.A. A, uh, a movie that's not really a documentary. So Correct. don't mistake it for one, because it's not. Correct. They just film it in that style. Correct, but it's about this guy who is a exorcist, but he has lost his faith um, completely. Well, he's really, he started out as an evangelist uh, in yes. the South. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he kept doing this, and he would perform exorcisms on the side, he kind of started to have a crisis of conscience and of faith, uh, especially when his son was born with special needs, which are not completely revealed, but we think that's probably something having to do with his hearing. We don't know if it stretches further than that, but he is seen with a hearing aid and, and his, his speech is a little bit um, impeded. Nonetheless, as he goes on, he's like, you know, when, when my son turned out to be okay after he was born, we weren't sure he was going to make it, but when we found out he was okay, my first thought was not to thank God, it was to thank science and to thank the doctors that saved his life and so from there on out uh he started thinking more along the lines of i guess you would call it um secularity but that faces a problem for somebody who's an evangelist in the south so he put on a show basically every time he did an evangelism and then he read in the newspaper one day about how a poor autistic boy had a bag wrapped around his face all in the name of exorcism and obviously he died so in this quote end quote documentary he's having somebody follow him as he goes and does an exorcism so he can prove what a what a what a show it is and what a sham it is it's his last job yeah he picks it pretty much out of a hat i mean he gets all this mail i guess from people who want him to work as an exorcist and he picks one letter out of the Pile of letters, and this is what he goes on for his last exorcism, um, onto which the documentary crew follows and films everything that happens. But the family that he goes to do the exorcism for is not 
in on the fact that he has awoken to the fact that exorcism is a sham. Like, they think that he's still, you know, a holy guy. And, like, he is here to uh, exercise, for lack of a better word, their daughter, Nell. Or his daughter, Nell, I should say, because the guy who wrote him is a single parent named Lewis. Uh, but the documentarists in the film are in on it. They know that he, you know, is a quack and that they're filming this to see the quackery. Okay. So that's the movie. That is the movie. That's what happens. And except ca- not. Except chaos ensues. Dun, dun, dun. Don't you love it when chaos ensues? That's a good phrase. Chaos ensues. That's like every, uh, that's so many movies. Right. Chaos ensues. Yeah. So, what did you think uh, about Last Exorcism? Chrissy? I was I was into it until the very end when I became disappointed. Um, and I won't say why I was disappointed, but I will say good parts of the film. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed the acting on everyone. Everybody had a very natural sort of charisma. And I don't mean in like a charm charisma. I mean that likable you rooted for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the evangelist turned atheist. Like he, he had a, a likability to him and he obviously, um, even though he had a, a a crisis of faith, like he has decided. Well, you know, for the for the greater good, I'm going to put this forth, even if it ruins my name. He was an endearing character. He was, yes, he was endearing. He was ingratiating. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you watch these mockumentaries. Um, I'm not going to call anyone out that I've seen recently that they're like, "What is it, a documentary or not?" <coughs> catfish. Oh, catfish. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I like this guy. I thought, you know, he, he seemed endearing. He seemed like, you know, even though he did not believe anymore in his job what he was doing he kept it up up until the point of the last exorcism because he knew that he was providing a service that people still called upon and needed um as such so. this is gonna sound like such a dichotomy but i found him to be so genuine even though he was a quack yes yeah yeah i mean well at the beginning of the movie they have him he's he's uh evangelizing in this little church at the beginning and he um love this part he talks to the he he, he comes aside to the crew and says yeah i i like it doesn't really matter what i say watch <laughs> i'm gonna talk about banana bread in a second and cut to write him he's evangelizing and he's can i get like, an amen can i get an amen with for, for the banana bread for the banana bread and they're like amen and you're like, no, he, yes he, he was like he, he got he was totally on a roll where he was like can I get a Jesus hallelujah and you go into this verse in the Bible and it says thou shall not murder and you put it in the bed in a bed at 400 degrees and can I get an amen? Like he just seated it right in there. Yeah, it was very Pentecostal and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, amen. By the way, it, full disclosure, <laughs> I called them Pentecostals because I didn't know any better. I was like, we need to get some snakes up in here. Look at those Pentecostals and Justin's like, uh. Well, I love stuff like that. I mean, when I was in college, I took a lot of religion classes because I was interested in, you know, all the different religions um, and uh, faiths around the world. So well, yeah. we should be informed. Yeah, I like this movie a lot more than Devil. So yeah. mainly because of the guy. And he carried the movie. It was it, it. It showed enough, but not too much in terms of following them around and following him around. Um, but then they get to meet Nell, the girl who is supposed to be exercised. Nell. Nell. Yeah, Chrissy's never seen Jodie Foster in in the movie now, so I had to do a couple impressions of Jodie Foster. I will have anytime I hear the the, the, the name now, I just think of that and how she's the tray in the wind in the wind chicka pay pay chicka pay nail. <laughs> what? It's about this. Nail's about this woman who grows up, you know, 
it's like the Jungle Book, but she she has no human contact throughout the you know developing years of her life, and then someone discovers her and she's you know talks about the wind. She's very close to the earth and all this. Anyway, she's Pocahontas. Back to the Last Exorcism. But Jodie Foster. What did you not like about Last Exorcism? The end. The end. The end. The end. Really? Yes. They just stopped it. Like it's all. Oh, wait. 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 Are we gonna? go into the endings of these movies we will in a second but before i get into the end i i will say um there are a couple of holes in um the last exorcism mostly when once it starts to all unravel and and by it i mean the plot once the plot starts to unravel so does everything else because when that happens uh and it's i would want to say in the last third of the film it's just one of those situations where you, you you can't recover from it. Like, it unravels quickly, not just in the plot, but in all filmmaking devices. It starts to fall apart as far as how they're telling the story, the the um, clarity and cohesiveness with which they're telling the story, um, the yeah, writing, the acting. Like, it all starts to fall apart relatively quickly in the last third. Yeah, I guess they were, again, It was um, they were shooting it in the way of a documentary, mockumentary style. But as things start to hit the fan, the camera shaking starts to get even more deliberate, I guess. Yes. It became like that one movie. What's that one movie that, uh, about New York? Cloverfield. Cloverfield. It became like Cloverfield. I thought of Cloverfield. Yeah? Where I was like, oh, you're making me nauseous. That's probably why I was carsick. Okay. I, I, I get that one. Yeah. Okay. But towards that last third of the film, you're yelling at the screen, and not necessarily in a good way, where you're like, get out! Don't go there! Don't go upstairs! Like, that's fun yelling at, at a screen during a movie. This was more like a... No, 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 no! Oy. What is... What, what's what, going, no. what's going on? It's so dark in here! Yeah, what are they doing? Stop! Oh, boy. Like, that sort of frustration. Not like the on-your-edge-of-your-seat frustration where you don't want the girl to run upstairs during Scream. Yeah. I mean, I work in production. They don't get paid enough for this. You know, this is <laughs> this is above their pay scale. When 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 girls start to contort themselves and spew uh, devilish phrases, right. that's when I walk away as a producer. Well, let's get into that point because uh, those of us listening who have not seen the movie don't know this. But uh, as we get a little further into the film, it becomes apparent that Nell needs more help than the pastor can provide. And we don't know if that's necessarily help in the form of another exorcism, and this time a real one, or uh, perhaps psychotherapy, psychiatry, medical help, or po- perhaps all of the above. Jesus, she, she might, she might, might need, need Jesus. Jesus. And unfortunately, he, you know, he's had his crisis of faith, and he's like, "Oh, this is going to be fun, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll shoot this, and then I'll be back to my family." Right. But nothing happens that way, so. So that's a big reason why it starts to unravel is because she needs more help than they can provide, and her father is completely fundamentalist, so uh, talking about a pendulum, they're on the other ends there because uh, the pastor's like, she needs a doctor and a shrink, and he's like, she needs to be shot in the face. She needs to be chained to her bed so she can, you know, draw pictures on her wall. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. At that point, you're like, okay, she's been cut off from the world. She's probably going crazy. Um, and then she might be taken by the devil as well. Right. <laughs> so you're, as a viewer, you're confused because it's never made abundantly clear whether she really is taken by the devil or one of the demons or whether she is psychotic. 
Until, and, until later on where she starts, you know, she goes all Cirque, Cirque du Soleil <laughs> in the barn or whatever. Ah. They show that in the trailer of her contorting herself. Very Exorcist-esque where, uh, was it, I can't remember, when she walked down the, st- in the Exorcist where she walks down the stairs. Back, in a back bend with in blood. A back, in a back bend. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. I laughed in the theater when they re-released it in the early 2000s. I, I saw did, it with high school friends and I laughed. I did not laugh because I was not in high school. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> well, again, full disclosure, I that was my first time with alcohol ever in my life. And so I'm sitting, I kid you not, I'm sitting in a theater with 12 other people. We took up the entire row or two rows. And I am drunk. And I am laughing That's a great movie, tears. though. That's a great movie. Oh, I laughed till tears came to my eyes. And everybody shushed me. They were like, shh, Chrissy, it's not supposed to be funny. You probably weren't even watching the movie. You were probably like laughing at someone that was like sitting in front of you or something. No, I was. I was watching. I thought that was hilarious that she went downstairs in a back bend with like blood coming out of her mouth. Yeah, hilarious. I, I thought it was so funny. So if that happened to you and it was your child, you probably wouldn't think it was hilarious. I'd be like, she takes after her mom. Look how flexible she is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's flexibility for you. Wow. So you were drinking wine or whatever and no, watching I, The Exorcist. No, um, somebody who Hooch. I went to high school with brought a thermos. I'm bringing up a thermos for you of um, whiskey and Coke. Nice. Needless to say, so, I got very sick afterward. I'm sorry, Janelle, to this day. What's great about cinema, man? You can uh, have those experiences where you still remember it to this day of, you know, that's when I saw The Exorcist. Wow. Drinking, I guess. Uh, yeah. Kind of like the time I saw Texas Mate. I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a day after I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Did you really? And I was, oh man, guys, wisdom teeth, they suck, especially when you have huge teeth like I do. Yeah. But they had me hopped up on Vicodin, <laughs> and I had already bought my ticket to go, to go see the original, not the original, but the um, remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the Arclight here in LA, and I was on Vicodin, and I was laughing through the whole thing. Oh, no. Because I was like, wee! Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. Okay. Uh, see, that's one I never want to see. You know what? Oh, you, you will see it sometime. Nope. You'll be scared. Nope, bird. All right, let's go to spoiler alerts. Okay. Okay. So, Devil and Last Exorcism. Both movies which endings kind of suck. Stop listening now if you do not want to know what happens because we're just going to tell you. Yes. So goodbye if you are leaving us and we love you. Moving on. All right. So devil. Devil. So what happens in devil is you're let up the whole movie. You're trying to guess who exactly is this devilish person in the elevator. I called it right off the bat though. Of course you did because you pretty much say all of the people at the beginning and then (laughs) at the end you're like, that's one of the people I called. I didn't say all of them. I didn't say it was him. It's, it's her, called it's, it's, him. it's called hedging your bets. I know what hedging your bets means, but I didn't do that. I I said right away. I was like, when when she, the annoying old woman started talking, I was like, watch it be her. Bet you it's her. And then that was it. I never accused anyone else. Yeah, and I I should have been like, hey, you know who the devil is? You might be the devil too. You're recognizing devilish things. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, uh, she was very overbearing as an old white lady. She was annoying. So, w- when they get into the elevator, you instantly go for, okay, who's the most annoying person in the bunch? Okay, it's the annoying old white lady with the mace from 1987. She reminds reminds me of older women who with whom I come into contact with once in a while. I won't say in what capacity. <laughs> but they walk in and they're like... 
but I want to do this, and I have a million questions, and don't do this, and what about that? And it's just like, we were like, shut up. Shut up, shut up devil woman. I know shut you, up. I know you're the devil. I saw devil. Stop being annoying. God. Yeah. Okay, but what else about the ending? Oh, so. You were just, you were surprised. You weren't surprised it was her. I wasn't. I was, I was happy. Here's, the, was here's right. the thing. They faked you out by kind of doing away with her. Yeah. In, in a strange, like every, everyone dies in a strange manner in the dark. So you're just like, okay, I guess that they're dead. Yeah, you take it for granted. But she wasn't dead. But she, well, she looked like she had hung herself. But they, and I thought about this because they got her down pretty quickly. They were like, oh my God. And they like brought her down from her rope that she had miraculously put up in the elevator. Well, that's pretty much every death that happened. It's like the guy gets, oh no, there's glass stuck in his stomach. Oh no. Instead of. Hey, let's look and see what's going on. Let's ask. Let's see if he's. Di- they didn't really check to see. No, oh, and better yet, where did all this glass and rope come from? <laughs> the devil brought all this glass and rope in here. <laughs> right. So I was like, "Hey, devil, thanks for letting me play along. I mean, you you fake me out, and you bring back the dead lady. That doesn't work. Whatever." Yeah, like a, how'd she get the rope in there? And B, they got her down so quickly. I was like, she could come back, and she did, and she was the devil. And there's one remaining person in the elevator, and you're like, oh, is she going to take him with her to hell, or is he going to get to live? And he basically confesses all of his sins, which are horrible, and he gets to live. Like, that's how you get to live. Yeah. And so at the end of the movie, you're just like, okay, there you go. Yeah. And then he gets in the car, and the cop, because it turns out um, his big sin was that he had accidentally killed the wife and son of the cop. (laughs) Ironic. You know what this 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 movie kind of reminded me of some of the Saw sequels where they have to like insert morality in every single crevice yeah. of the movie and you're just like, okay, there's a devil in the elevator. It's bad. There you go. Don't, you know, spend the entire I mean, the movie was short anyway, so right. it's like They still should have ended it there though. I feel like the next scene with him and the cop and the cops taking him to jail because he had to confess, by the way, I killed some poor wife and Son on this road because I was drunk and I left a note saying I was sorry, so so sorry. They should have just left it there, like you. Because then the devil's like, I would, I so wanted to take you with me. I almost killed Marissa Cooper and her boyfriend and my brother Ryan on the OC. This is not the OC. Okay, it was the actor that played Ryan's brother in the OC, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. And instead of that, like, they continue the movie on when they should have just left it there and he's in the cop car and he's and he has to, like... I can't remember what the last line was. It was just so, like, okay. The cop okay. said he forgives him. That's it. He was like, I know it was you and I've had five years to think about what I would say to you if I ever met the guy who killed my wife and my son. And you know what? I forgive you. Roll the credits! <laughs> end of the movie! I was so disappointed. Right? Oh, man. Because, like I said, it was kind of crappy, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's going to... No, it didn't. No. But then they said something, too. Like, oh, the, the Hispanic voiceover guy was like, in some people there is the devil, el diablo, in some people there is God. And, like, that was the end. You know what would have been brilliant? If the devil, if that uh, Hispanic devil expert guy was the devil. Yeah. And he was the narrating the whole thing, and at the end he's like, and then I was like, yo soy el diablo. You remember the jelly bread? <laughs> I wanted it to land that way because I am the devil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would have been brilliant. But it didn't happen that way. No. All right. On to Last Exorcism and it's even worse. What happened to the end of life? Oh. Okay. So they're this like, was, this is Nell like... really possessed or does she need psychiatric help? Oh, by the way, she's pregnant. Ha, ha. But she didn't know that. <laughs> 
the ending was sad, but what was even uh, sad slash funny about it was they telegraphed the ending to the movie much earlier on yes. in the movie. Not only telegraphed, but made a joke about it <clears throat> by um, showing that she was painting these crazy pictures of people dying. You remember that? Yeah, and she was like, this one goes into the fire. This one gets his head No, but she's off. not even... No, they're looking at it. They're like, oh, yeah. this is what happens to us. I yeah. guess, you know, you run into a fire and, oh, you get your head chopped off. Oh, yeah. Isn't that oh. funny? And you're like, oh, that is kind of funny. They <laughs> telegraphed it much earlier, earlier. I don't know if you remember this, but when they first get into town, the pastor is, like, telling the documentarist, uh, it's just so you know, everybody in the South is crazy. If we stop, like, you'll get ten people telling you stories that they've seen, you know, the devil or... You know, they've had exorcisms themselves. And she was like, no way, really? And he goes, yeah, let's stop and, like, talk to five people. And they talk to random people, like, at the gas station on the road, whatever. And they're like, I saw a ghost and the devil. And they're all painted as really stupid. But they all talk about this cult, which I don't think you catch if you're not thinking. But they, they, they're like, no, no, we're in the cult. And they like to burn things and people. And I saw the flames. And there was, like, the devil himself. And at the end, it turns out that the pastor of the town really is running a cult, and, like, that's what's happening, and they burn Nell at the stake and give birth to something that doesn't quite look like a baby, something in human. Whoa, that's not what happens. Yeah. That is not what happens in the movie. Yeah. Number one, it, it, it accelerates in the pa- in the final five minutes, so it's going so fast. Right. And, again, we're, we're at a drive-in, so <laughs> we're, like, we're trying to catch on what's going on. Well, but here's what basically well. went on. <laughs> They, they get to the house. This is like the third time they've left and come back. Fourth time, maybe. And they come back, and she's not there. And she's like, there's like scribble and like satanic messages all over a wall. It's like, oh, what happened? So they go out, and they find there's a fire, and they're having the cold and all that thing. She's not burning at the stake. She's like on some slab. And like this, this uh, church old woman is like uh, delivering some kind of whatever it is out of her. I guess it was like a devil baby, or it could have been just a regular baby. You never know. They said it was not a baby. They said it was something inhuman. Because they're trustworthy, these cult people that... No, no, the movie people said it was something inhuman. But it's so weird how this happens, because it's like shaky cam. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. And you see this woman take this baby and like... Throw it in the fire. Yeah, like throw it with like all of her might on the fire. Like threw a baby into a fire. Yeah. And then people start running after the crew and killing them. And the guy that we like just runs to try to save Nail, and that's the last we see of it. Right, but and then the last shot is the camera guy, who's been a great camera guy. He's kept it, kept it together, to, kept it together, even when you know these crazy people in robes are chasing after him. They cut off his head. Yeah, just the, like the drawing suggested would happen. The sun. I was so disappointed. Right, and that's so, the end. Right, but so but it, everything that was prophesized came to be. She said when she was quote unquote possessed, she was like, Nell is in the fire. And that's where she was. She was on a slab over the fire delivering that inhuman baby. And then the pastor ran into the fire. They say it's inhuman. Right. No, 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 no. I'm saying the movie people said it was inhuman. Oh, okay. Uh, And then she's running to the fire. I'm sorry. Pastor is running into the fire, just like the drawing suggested. And then the first documentarist gets chopped up in little bits because she gets beaten to death. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't care about the the producer and the cameraman. No. Follow the guy that I like into the fire. We don't know what happened to him. No, just that he went into the fire. Like that's it. He just ran into the fire. It's assumed that he's dead, but I guess that leaves room for a sequel. I guess so. I was wanting him to like start punching people out. Like start. Taking, you know... Taking names. Taking names, but it's left open-ended. Right. 
But it's assumed he is dead. Which is sad. Right. Because he was a nice fake exorcist. Yeah, I'm telling you, he was the most genuine of quacks. Yeah, we cared about him, and then we did not find out that he... It's true, and as for Nell, uh, they never fully admit whether she was possessed or just crazy, but it's probably a little bit of both. She was kept under lock and key and raised fundamentalist, and so she probably was a little bit kook as far as just her mental state, but um, based on the prophecy, it would seem that she was probably possessed as well. Okay. So, in conclusion, what she, what Nell in Last Exorcism probably needed was the devil expert Hispanic guy in Devil. I, I want you to know that just even thinking about marrying those two films hurts my brain so hey, much hey, I can't function. Hey, Nell, El Diablo is near. How do I know? <laughs> Look at all that jelly bread on the floor. It landed face down. You can't eat that jelly bread. It's dirty. <laughs> Diablo knows that. That's why he did that. Oh, no. So, you know, both these movies are worth a watch, you know. If you're at a drive-in and paying eight bucks. <laughs> Other than that, rent them on DVD. Uh, both good movies to watch with a group of people and laugh about. And some alcohol. And some alcohol. Yep. You won't be, um, you know, totally frightened. They're not no. scare-tastic or anything. No, and, and warn your friends in advance. Like, guys, I know this is not a good movie. So they don't think they're like, Wow. Guys, do you know what is the best movie of all time? (laughs) The Last Exorcism. No, you know what's even better? Devil. Yeah. Yeah. Devil. There. Yeah. So, in the end, you liked Last Exorcism better than Devil. Much better. I I think the DVD will be interesting. If they have good extras and, like, about the filming and about possible alternate endings, I would be very interested in finding that. Yeah, I want to know more about the ba- the the old church lady that body slammed the baby into the fire, pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. she she seems so nice when she's like, "Oh, are you feeling this?" Oh, and then she turns so evil. Yeah. No, no throwing babies in files. Well, it's not a real baby. Even if it is a devil baby. Okay. Like. Well, we could get into Rosemary's baby, but that's a whole different podcast. Adoption. I mean, let, uh, put the ba- devil baby up for adoption. Uh, and that's a whole other enchilada <laughs> there too. Devil baby enchilada. I don't know if anybody wants to adopt that one. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. yeah. It was a fun time, man. I hadn't been to the drive-in in like over 20 years. If you're in L.A., um, it's called the... Vineland. Vineland Drive-In. In the Slash swap meet. In the city of industry. There's, oh, there's, a tra- there's a train that goes by every like 15 minutes. Yeah. But it adds flavor, I guess, to the experience. It does. But I will warn you all, um, it's a total schlep. If you're in L.A. proper, or even worse, if you're in the Valley, um, prepare to be on the road for at least an hour and a half coming uh, in the early evening, late afternoon. Yeah, it's a kind of long way. That's why we got uh, Chick-fil-A, sweet tea, and waffle fries on the way. Yes. Kind of kept it cool. Yeah. Yeah, although that's the other thing. There is no Chick-fil-A right around there. So don't think, oh, well, I'll just go to the Chick-fil-A around the corner because it's not at USC. Yeah. There you go. There should be one close. No, so these movies we don't highly recommend, but the drive-in we highly recommend. Yes. Yes. Drive-ins are good. Celebrate cinema and all their, um, even if they're sucky sometimes. <laughs> I think that's the whole point of the drive-in, though. You're not going there to see Schindler's List. Oh, not back to Schindler's <laughs> List. I keep bringing up Schindler's List in this podcast. Watching Schindler's List at the drive-in would probably be the saddest experience ever. <laughs> what, what did he just say? I can't hear. Is that girl in a red coat or is that just the screen being funny? Oh, man. That's 
bad. I know. Okay, well, I guess uh, <laughs> until next week, uh, signing off. Uh, if you have suggestions, send us uh, send you, us your suggestions. We are at Justin Winters on Twitter or at Chris K-R-I-S Winters on Twitter or Justin's website, which is fabulous, is DudeManPHAT.com. Yep. That's it. Yay, movies. Yay, driving. Yay, arts. From the arts. From the arts. Yes, from the arts. All right. Talk to you later. Goodbye.